morning, everyone. It's Tuesday, that day after Halloween. Spooky, spooky. I'm sure there are a lot of parents a little groggy this morning with all the excitement of the kids and the sugar, which we know is a no-no. But of course, in moderation, how can you not let the kids have some treats? But good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Nani Boss, live with two... Sisters, hey, good morning, everyone. It's Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. And of course, uh, Triumph Tuesday in the morning. Lately, we've been doing it at night, but you know, we like to kind of switch things around. And as we move into November, you know, I think a lot of people start to think about obviously the upcoming holidays. You know, obviously, Halloween was yesterday. And, you know, let's chat about the seasonal seven, which is technically now the seasonal 21 and then some, but it really today is about sharing the wealth of information. And we have an amazing guest on today. We are so excited to introduce and to welcome to the two sisters podcast family, Victoria Yates. Welcome, Victoria. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're, you're welcome. So we we are so excited, and you know, one of the questions, a little little tidbit before I saw our listeners and viewers know, we were talking about this right before we went live on how and why we uh, are all in different aspects of health and wellness mindset, and where we share other entrepreneurs that have that same mindset, um, but we embrace that not everyone uh, fits in the same category. You know, it could be age, could be your health issue could be your mindset, whatever it may be. And we are that postured uh, with our podcast that we enjoy bringing other people in our field to the industry. So welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much. Yes, I love that. And you know, what's very unique about your your background, Victoria, obviously a nurse turn, and I'm probably going to mess the uh, other part up. You are a body and image coach for women. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. So I'm an intuitive eating and body image coach for women now. Yep. Okay. So I got it right, but in a little twisted kind of way. So that's a good thing. And, you know, maybe I had some, a little piece of Halloween candy last night and the sugar is still affecting me. Um, but that is so amazing. So obviously the first question that comes to mind is you're a nurse. How did you go from being a nurse to being uh, what you're doing today? Yeah. So I think it's like two parts going on. The first is I, um, I actually happened into like I, the online space while my husband was in grad school and I just like wanted something else to do while he was studying all the time. So I started a health and wellness blog and then kind of, that was like around the time that was about six or seven years ago when I think, you know, like online business started to really take off and, um, I realized like, oh, I could, I could start an online business. And that just, once that seed was planted in my mind and, um, the thought of like being a health coach, it really, um, I just like, couldn't get it out of my mind. It was like that seed of entrepreneurship just started. And I kind of fell out of love of, uh, with nursing as like a practice, um, and so I started my coaching business along the side while I was still working as a nurse, but then specifically with intuitive eating and body image, I struggled with my relationship with food and body image uh, for a large portion of my life. And it wasn't until I discovered and learned about intuitive eating that I realized that, you know, I 
we don't actually have to like count every single calorie and like be so obsessive and restrictive. When I think about like myself and a lot of my clients, we're like the quote A plus students of dieting. We do all the quote right things, but it it is like all consuming and becomes kind of obsessive. And my clients and you know myself in particular too, you know, I wanted to I wanted, I wanted a life outside of just like health and wellness. And, you know, that's a lot of my philosophy is, um, approaching health from the whole person. So like not sacrificing our mental health for our physical health, which I think a lot of people I see kind of find themselves in because they become so obsessive over like the calorie tracking, the macro tracking. And when we learn to listen to our bodies and eat intuitively, um, we don't have to do that. We can live really amazing, healthy lives and also have a life outside of just like taking care of our, our health. Um, so that's what I help my clients with. So I, I learned about intuitive eating, had a whole transformation myself in my relationship with food and in my, in my health. And then, you know, realized I, I'm not the only one who struggles with this and wanted to help other women to have that kind of freedom with food and have a better relationship with their body too. So I didn't start off really doing a whole lot of body image coaching, even though it came up. But um, what I found is that uh, our relationship with our bodies, our relationship with ourselves really impacts the actions that we take or don't take when it comes to like the like healthy habits. Because when we, I like to think of it as like, um, you know, if you have something that you, I don't know, I'm trying to think of. So when we, as far as motivation goes, we are not motivated to take care of things that we don't care about. Right. So we like, as humans, we take care of things that we care about. That's something that I love to say, because that is why body image, self-image is so important to tie into our, like the things we're doing, like how you're eating, how you're exercising, because if you are, taking, if you are like, say committing to like going to the gym, but from a motivation of, I hate my body, that motivation is just not going to last versus like, I love my body. I accept my body that feels so much better and feels so much lighter and so much more freeing and empowering. So that kind of motivation is going to be more longstanding. And so what I work with my clients on a lot is, um, to have a better relationship with their bodies, even if they want to lose weight, getting to a place where they love and accept their bodies as they are, and also working on creating healthy habits and being consistent and all of that while learning to listen to their body. So I combine kind of like all of those factors uh, in my work. So when, when someone says, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, really, it, it could also apply to men. So we don't want to exclude the men out there because we know it's some men are like really into their bodies and sure. God bless you. You're, 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 uh, you're, you're better half. So I probably appreciate that. <clears throat> but when you talk about intuitive eating, so I, I think everyone can relate to body imaging. They go through, you know, periods of their lives where they absolutely love where they're at. And then there's periods of life and it could be extended. It could be shortened depending on the person's mindset are not too pleased, you know, that they, you know, I would say we see more of that over the last few years because of the restrictions that uh, sadly we were under. But when you talk about intuitive eating, most people do not understand that. So if you could explain to our youth, our, our listeners and viewers exactly what that means. 
Yeah, of course. It's like a very buzzword right now. And I think, you know, there's a lot of curiosity around it. So intuitive eating is a framework that was created back in the 90s by two dietitians, Evelyn Tribbley, Elise Resch. But it's basically a framework that's research-based that um, will help people to stop dieting and get off the diet cycle of like dieting, failing the diet, back on the diet, get off of that cycle and have, have a trusting relationship with their body and learning to listen to their body cues ultimately for a better health outcome. So I said, you know, intuitive eating is research-based, which I think is really important, especially, you know, like my background as a nurse and a lot of my clients, like we, we are very science minded and the science is important. So it's backed by over 200 studies that show that, you know, people who eat intuitively, who listen to their body, which is essentially what it is, listening to your body cues, um, have better health as, uh, like for the long haul, better health outcomes versus people who are dieting. So intuitive eating is perfect for the person who has struggled with, you know, being on and off a diet for a large portion of their life. They're ready to, um, stop dieting and have a a better like relationship with food, um, more freeing relationship with food while still learning to prioritize their health. Um, but from a, a just more gentle approach, um, and something that's a lot more consistent, uh, versus dieting. Yeah. I mean, for, 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 for Jan and I, what we always talked about, which is a little bit different from your perspective is, uh, diet is not a bad word. Number one, um, and, and the point of diet is we all diet. Diet is just eating. It's just whether you have uh, something that's a little bit more, stru- I would say structured, but, you know, that recognizes I've got to eat all food groups. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not okay to eliminate unless you have an adverse reaction. Like we, we talked about dairy and sugar are the two worst things for your actual, your gut, your gut health. Um, so because you know, that word diet is out there. Uh, we like to change it to a friendly term because we all do it. Diet is only eating. It's just a matter of whether you eat a healthy diet and a healthy diet does not mean carrot sticks and, and celery people. It's a variety of just ma- making sure that you eat all the good food groups, but also being in line with some people can't tolerate gluten. Some people can't tolerate dairy, which Everyone, whether you can tolerate it or not, should be off of it. I always say that all the time. Jan, don't you agree? I mean, diet just gets, we talk about that often. It just gets a bad, bad rap. Well, I think it does. And I think what we also have to remember is uh, diet means something different for everyone. For instance, um, when I travel, I tend not to eat as much. So if I, like, for instance, on a long drive and I have to make a stop, um, and I don't have any food available to me, but I'm, I'm like feeling that, um, lack of energy, so to speak. That's when I typically will reach for, um, okay, I'm just going to come clean yesterday. I had a mounds. Okay. Everybody, I had the dark chocolate with the mounds. <laughs> and, and that's the point. See what you're, what, listen to what you just said. Don't feel bad that you ate the mound. Sometimes you need a little you know what? Right. And, and, and I don't, but I also had a diet Coke, which I, I only drink typically when, when I travel, um, because that is like, (laughs) I know that that's the oomph that I need. Whereas, you know, when we were talking about that association with, um, what we eat and the timing of when we eat it, you know, I know that when I travel, you know, these things happen. So I'm, 
I'm prepared to a certain extent, but I'm not, at, what I'm trying to get is I'm not as hard as I'm on myself because I'm not going to sacrifice, as you said, your, <laughs> many of your clients, we sacrifice our mental health mm -hmm. for our physical health. And that doesn't make any sense. Correct. Yeah. And I think something that a lot of, um, like in the wellness space, especially with my clients who struggle with perfection and have that very like all or nothing thinking. It's like I either eat perfectly or it's all out the window and I don't even want to try. Um, working on like remembering that our bodies are really resilient and like one mound is not going to damage your body. Right. And one Diet Coke is not going to wreak havoc on your body. It's the accumulation. But a lot of times, like it's those kinds of thoughts of like, well, I ate the mounds. I drank the Diet Coke, you know, screw it. I'm like throwing it all out the window um, that, you know, learning to, you know, along with like listening to your body, but giving yourself grace for, you know, remembering that our bodies are really resilient. And um, like, what does like, when you, when you have a lot of guilt and anxiety and stress around like the one thing that you ate that was like bad, a lot of times, you know, looking at what does that lead me to do and, um, you know, recognizing like, okay, I can make, it's what I do after the fact, if I'm just going to be like, all right, well, I had one and I'm just going to eat the whole bag, which I see a lot of people doing because they feel guilty. So, um, working on, you know, a lot of my work is really working on the mindset behind food, working on that perfection, that all or nothing thinking and really learning to give yourself grace and compassion, self-compassion. Um, because again, that's like, that's what keeps us from being consistent, that all or nothing thinking. And so when we can like have the candy and be like, okay, you know what? It was a piece of candy and I enjoyed it. And also not forgetting that part of being healthy, there is, is having satisfaction. Satisfaction is something we don't, um, you know, a lot of times diets take away from, from us and satisfaction with eating is really important. There's actually a study that shows that when we are eating foods that are satisfying, we actually absorb more nutrients, which is really fascinating to me, but also, also that when we eat satisfying foods and when we think about like, what am I craving and, and making foods taste good, we oftentimes eat less. And even, you know, when we eat foods that we are craving, we oftentimes eat less and it doesn't have that same power over us as, as it does. If we have this like good food, bad food label, which can lead to all the psychological, like, like I said, throwing it all out the window, you know, just totally forgetting about our health or like not caring or feeling frustrated or like, I, you know, I can't eat perfectly, so I might as well not even try. Um, so my approach is really finding that middle place of like, let's, let's focus on the things that you're doing, the foods that you're eating, you know, creating healthy habits, but also not neglecting like, uh, satisfaction with food, enjoying food, finding pleasure with food, um, mm -hmm. and having a good mindset around it not feeling stressed and anxiety about it. Yeah. I think one of the other key pieces is, you know, really understanding, uh, beside the word diet get, getting a bad rap, the word uh, health and healthy get a bad rap. Healthy doesn't mean you're lacking in flavor, does not mean you're lacking in satisfaction. There is a lot of great food out there uh, that is variety in color, uh, that is not only good for you, 
but tastes amazing. So I think the stigma around the word diet and healthy means to think of, you know, bringing you to a negative place in order to get to the better place. And that's so untrue. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a key piece to understanding that mindset that just because you're eating a clean diet does not mean it's restrictive. Um, and you may be just being clean on making sure you're not having a lot of things or hormones or additives or impurities or fillers uh, being more label conscious to say, ooh, can I pronounce that word? If I can't pronounce it, is it good for me? Um, so I, I really think that the stigma is really around that for some reason, health and wellness is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, uh, through the, the decades that we've gone through thus far, uh, we are always thinking about longevity and how is the best way that your body, your body's a machine and it's a very sophisticated machine and you've got to take care of it. But taking care of it doesn't mean you're depriving it. And I think that's the key piece. Don't you think, Jim? Yeah. And then to go back to what um, kind of, um, you know, put things together for me, you know, everyone knows that I had a, you know, a, a health journey with my weight at one point, but I always go back to, you know, when I started my journey and I, which I think many women and men experiences, we tend to um, accept that behavior before we go into it. In other words, for instance, if you walk into a Barnes and Noble, I always go to where all the diet books are and, and, and it's overwhelming. So the thought of like going on a diet is overwhelming. And as you said, if we, for instance, um, <clears throat> have something that maybe we know yeah, we got to stay away from a little bit and we have it. And it's like that all or nothing approach. We've accepted that as normal behavior. And I think once you kind of take your, hopefully take yourself a little bit out of the equation and look at your behavior realistically um, to know that that normal behavior is what's holding us back. Like we have to accept that. And, And I just wanted to share that because the acceptance of that is what, okay, now I see where I'm going with this and where I'm going wrong or what the, you know, the changes I should be making. So thank you so much for, um, for sharing that. Yeah. And something that I work on with my clients a lot is, um, you know, I think the biggest difference between, like you were saying, uh, Carol Sue about, um, about, like healthy isn't a bad word either. And I see that a lot with my clients. Actually, yesterday I was working with a client who was, you know, she had been dieting for a lot of her life and kind of came to me because she was like, I want a, a, a different approach. I'm tired of dieting. I'm tired of feeling so horrible about myself, like all the time. And, um, you know, she, we were working on, she was like, I kind of want to eat some cauliflower rice now. And like, I feel bad for it. Like, I feel like this is like a diet food and I feel like I shouldn't. I'm like, well, that's just putting another label on it. And we don't have to do that either. Like if you're wanting cauliflower rice, like that's fine. And it doesn't have to like, it doesn't have to be this whole, again, like so black and white. So all or nothing. So, um, and one thing that I always, you know, when I think about like the perspective of pursuing health in the way that I teach it is, you know, it should feel empowering 
you have all this head knowledge of like what is healthy, but I think a lot of times what people struggle with is they are approaching health and like making decisions, but from this motivation of fear and restriction, and that's never fun and never enjoyable. And like humans are, are again, like going back to motivation, that motivation is not going to stick around. You're going to be motivated for that short term to, you know, eat these certain foods and go to the gym every day when you're motivated by fear and restriction. But if that's how it's feeling in your body, if, it, if that's how it's feeling for you, it's not going to be something that you stick to because you're going to like see your friends going out and, you know, having a margarita or whatever and, and, and be feeling like you're missing out. And it's, it has to be sustainable. And the way that I, I think the best motivation for sustainability when we're working on like your mindset around health is it has to come from this place of empowerment and feeling free. And, and it really goes back to like thinking about my client making the decision like, oh, I, I want to eat more cauliflower rice versus like regular rice, because I I'm thinking that that's going to feel better in my body. Just thinking how much more empowering that feels versus like, you're, I'm forcing myself to eat this cauliflower rice because it is the quote, right food. And, and that's going to stick around for a little while. And then you're gonna be like, but I miss regular rice. And like, what if we can have both? What if sometimes we can have cauliflower rice? And if we're feeling white rice, like it doesn't have to be a problem. So that's what I I take with my people. Well, and and that's very, very true. Very important. Uh, One of one food uh, that always gets a bad rap and I joke about it is uh, is a potato. Potato is enriched in potassium. It's so good for you. It's got so many great health benefits. And a lot of people say, "Oh, I got to stay away from the starches." There are some starches that are actually very good for you. So it's again really how you're adapting the the, the word. Now I try to I eat mostly a plant based diet. So I just got back from Mexico, all inclusive, and I had a whole restaurant laughing at me because we went to a, a steakhouse. Uh, and, you know, I really limit uh, my, my red meat intake. I limit it quite a bit. And everything on the, on the menu, I looked, nope, not feeling it. I said, you know what? Can I have a, a bowl of potatoes? And he goes, the flat? I said, I'd like a bowl of potatoes. That's going to be my main meal. And everyone goes, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. No, because I don't have to put the sour cream you know, all, all this other junk on it. I am satisfied with using that. In this case, they didn't have plant-based butter, which that's all I use. But in this case, I knew it's out of my control. So yeah, I'm going to put some butter on it, a, a little bit of pepper on it. I asked them for a few other spices. They thought it was a little kooky, uh, but it was satisfying. It was good. It was tasty. And, uh, you know, it fills up my stomach and I didn't have to worry about all the other stuff. So it's really that, that mindset of approach that you can take something, you know, you're not going to like be stuck to it forever. Uh, there's too much variety of foods to be stuck to any one food group for that matter. But it really is that whole outlook to say, you know what, it's okay. Uh, the old fashioned, very old fashioned phrase of things in moderation really apply to so much of our lives that we take that for granted and think that it's restriction. It really truly is. And I like how you added that. Now, Victoria, how does someone reach you? Yeah. So you can find me at my website, victoria-yates.com. And I'm also on Instagram, very active over there. I'm at non-diet underscore RN. And then I also have a podcast called the Redefining Health Podcast, which I put out an episode every Tuesday. So you can find me over there also. 
That's awesome. And what, the other thing that, you know, we have learned, Jan and I have learned over the years, and I've learned it because we have a uh, niece that's a PA, the medical industry as a whole uh, almost doesn't do, in my opinion, this is all my opinion, doesn't do, does a disservice to their practice, their own practice, whether it be in nursing, whether a doctor, whatever it may be, because the nutritional piece of learning is not there. Now, I do know that most have to take a course of some sort, but don't you think that the medical industry as a whole could better prepare, better um, service their, their patients with, uh, let's just like, let's, let's give Big Pharma a little bit of a break and not write out that script. And let's really talk about their food intake and how we can help them from a nutritional perspective. And so many, sadly, in the medical industry, industry don't recognize the power of understanding nutrition. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And one thing, you know, having worked in, you know, as a nurse in some private practices, um, I think another thing that comes up that I saw and I think could be beneficial in the medical field with, with providers is not only like providing the information, but honestly incorporating some coaching around it, which of course they don't have time for that, but right. um, which is such a, a sad thing. But I think, you know, instead of like going into a room and like immediately judging someone on their body size with what they're doing, actually having a conversation with people. I think there's a lot of judgment with when it comes to like health and wellness with, you know, in as a whole, but like in provider offices. And if we can just like approach talking about like, what are some changes that we can make, but from a really loving and kind, compassionate way, um, I think that could go so far because I, I, for one, find a lot of my clients feel really uh, ashamed to go to the doctor and get weighed because they are afraid of being harped on. And I think that yeah. that's a problem because now they're, they're afraid to go to the doctor. They're not going to go to the doctor as much. And then we're going to have a lot more comorbidities that come up just from not seeing regular care. Um, so I think if we can make that change, I mean, that's a big ask, but that's something that I see that could definitely use some room for improvement also. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and, and I think that that would go obviously a long way instead of talking at the patients, talk with the patients. Yes, a thousand percent. Yep. Right, because what do we talk about? One of the key pieces of someone that repeatedly is a repeat offender eating that same food group uh, because it's not healthy, you have to get to the mind. You have to go to the internal piece to it is why you're associating that food with your emotional state. Let's change that up a little bit. And it's another layer that I think uh, any practice would do a service to themselves by really providing these different aspects because um, at the end of the day, uh, you're there to help people. You're there to impact them and improve their health. And it's not just a matter of what the stats are. Uh, it's the internal of the mind and the mindset uh, and their soul and, and, and what, what they want out of life and how to help them. And most people just, they don't even recognize that what that, that food is associated with an emotion that I still haven't dealt with yet. And it's a trigger. So every time I feel that emotion, I'm reaching for that particular food group. And there is that whole piece to it that I think uh, medical medical facilities as a whole could really do uh, so much better in that piece to it. Yeah. And it goes back to like humans are not motivated by shame. Right. You know, it's we can't I mean, maybe for a short period of time, but 
if we're continually just like shaming people for how they're eating, for not exercising, like that's not going to provide change. Yeah. We have to actually, you know, we have to find their motivation and work on them in that way. Right. And accountability and shame are totally two different things, people, two different things. Right. And how do you work that into your program? Because, you know, people, a lot of times think, I know, uh, you know, some former clients of mine that, oh, I got to go to the gym. You're like, no, you don't have to go to the gym. So how does that kind of incorporate? Like, how does that come up in your conversations with your clients? Yeah. Well, one thing I've found is most people, uh, at least my clients, most, most of them, or I'd say all of my clients, but most people know in their head, like what it looks like to eat healthy. And I would guess for your clients as well, your audience, most of them know what it looks like to eat healthy. They know what they need. And that's like, again, going back to listening to our bodies, we know the answer. And it's like, we know that movement, our bodies crave movement, our bodies crave nourishing foods and a very like healthy balance of them. And coming from that approach, you know, my, my goal with my clients is to help empower them to figure out what works for them. And also knowing that every single body is different. Everybody's like, you know, for, for you, you might like more of a plant-based diet. Someone else might like more of a, like a paleo kind of diet. Someone else is like a little bit of everything and do really well with just a little bit of everything, but, um, just helping them, you know, my, my, like one of my big philosophies is you are the best expert on your body. I'm not even the best expert on your body. My goal is to help you step into that expertise and figure out what is my motivation? What is going to work for me for the long haul? What's going to feel really good in my body? Um, and when we figure that out and we work on all the mind drama that is keeping you from wanting to go move your body, you know, for a lot of my clients, they, you know, again, kind of going back to the, the word diet and like healthy, they've almost been like, like it, it's made eating the healthy foods, going to the gym. It's like, it's almost made this like trauma response because they feel like, you know, Oh, well, I'm going on another diet again. If I start wanting to exercise regularly and that's, you know, dieting is no fun. And it's like, if we can figure out how to have more joy with exercise and enjoy eating healthy, that is going to be what I see, you know, keeps people consistent for the long haul. Yeah. And I think they really tap it into their passion. I, for one, hate the gym. Uh, very, maybe I could count on one hand per year, how often I go, I get my exercise from other avenues, whether it be power walking, whether it be pickleball, whether it be swimming, uh, you know, doing lightweights at home, because I don't like the stigma of going to the gym. Uh, A, it smells. I have this thing about the smell of the gym. Um, but also for some people, it's very intimidating to, you know, go there and, okay, I'm going to, I got to use this equipment. I'm not really sure. Am I afraid to ask? Well, I look like I'm foolish if I don't know what I'm doing. And then you've got that, that, you know, from a women's perspective, you, you, everyone has those, uh, fashionistas in the gym where they're head to toe, exactly matching outfit, uh, you know, their, their, their hair, you know, you know, uh, ribbon or elastic band matches their sneakers and all that for some, that is an intimidating factor. So for me, it's it's not even that piece to it. It's just, I don't like the smell. And I always think of the time that I waste going from point A to point B, back to point B to point A, and I could have already gotten my workout in. So that 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 is so true and finding really sharing with other people that 
a gym is not the be end all for everyone. There's many, many ways. You can get a good workout just sitting in your chair if you've got some mobility issues. It's just really understanding that uh, not, not one size doesn't fit all. And guess what? It never will. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is, that is true. I mean, Carol Sue loves pickleball. I stink at pickleball. pickleball. I love kickboxing. Mm -hmm. so, yep. And then also knowing that we're, you know, you might be in a different season in one season. Uh -huh. Like right now I have two little kids and it, you know, I'm like, okay, I feel good if I get like some weights in or like a little bike ride, but my regular is like going out for a walk with my kids because that's what I have time for. And it's like, that doesn't, that's not discounted exercise. Right. Um, going back to like the all or nothing, like the walk counts, the yes. as much as like the hit workout. So. Right, exactly. And I think uh, those are the, the different things that really come into play when you're more intuitive to, you know, your outlook on things. And once you understand that exercise, uh, eating good doesn't mean uh, so much restriction that you still can't enjoy those things. And they all count. They all matter because one size doesn't fit all. So I absolutely love that. Well, it was such a pleasure to have you on. I hope to, that we can have you on again. You really bring a different mindset to it, which is something that we love. We love adding variety to different ways because one size doesn't fit all. For some, it's, it's this. For some, it's that. Um, and we want to embrace it all because it really, at the end of the day, is about triumphing all together to overcome these obstacles in life that sometimes derail our journey. And we're all here to help each other. Uh, but thank you so much, Victoria. This is Carol So a.k.a. Nani Boss, live with you. Sisters. Hey, everyone. It's Janice, a.k.a. Wellness Diva 5.0. Today is Triumph Tuesday. And actually, I just want to share, of course, with everyone, November 1st. November is um, National Epilepsy Aware Awareness Month um, in honor of my son, Ryan, and the many others who suffer from this very unknown um, disease or whatever we call it. Thank you all so much. And <laughs> excuse me, we will see you tomorrow for Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Thank you again, Victoria. It was our pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Bye for now.